This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Podcast Nation, let me just say this very simply. This is one of the most selfish podcasts in the history of the Gary V Audio Experience because I want to be able to have my grandkids ask me what it was like to know this gentleman because there is borderline 0.0% chance in my mind, God willing, he stays healthy, um, that uh, that he doesn't become one of the most profound, most important artists of this generation. And it is my incredible honor to have Fidenza Tyler on the show. Tyler, how are you? Uh, Gary, I'm doing great. I mean, uh, what an intro to the show. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you're, you're really setting a high bar there for me. Uh, but uh, I'm sandbagging. I, I, I want yeah, to- yeah. <laughs> No, listen. Yeah, maybe lower those expectations just a tiny bit. Uh, but uh, no, I'm, I'm I'm super excited. Um, uh, it's a, it's a real pleasure get to get to talk to you here today. So let's let's really go into NFT art. Like that's okay. the punchline of this. Most definitely. Podcast. You know, obviously, I have a lot of entrepreneurs, but I really, really want to go into the history of you and this moment. Yeah. You know, for for people that see the title and click it, you know, that are really deep in our NFT world. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it so you don't have to because I know you're a humble kid. Like, you know, it's very difficult for me to think of ten artists that have more of an opportunity to be, you know, truly one of the names that people talk about in 30, 60, 90 years. I don't think there's any confusion for anybody paying attention that we're in this moment right now, where the forefathers and mothers, where the where the you know, I read Boom a couple yeah. summers. I don't read books. And I read Boom <laughs> about contemporary art a couple, five summers ago, four summers ago, three summers ago. I can't remember now. But mainly because I wanted more insight to what I saw happening in the sports card world. Okay. I can't believe what happened because only a couple of years later, NFT world happens. Mm-hmm. And all and me map, me not only reading that book, but Googling my ass off about going deeper on the little bit I already knew about Pollock or Warhol. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, my, uh, my friend, Kevin Rose, who I know is a big fan of your work. Right. Uh, and I did a podcast yesterday we recorded, which will be coming out in a couple of days. I don't know the nice. timing. Can see this. And he told me, I had not known this one. I like this kind of stuff that when canvas first hit oh. the scene, that people in the art world said that wasn't real art because mm-hmm. real art had to be on a wall. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Canvas, canvas could be damaged, and this and that. Right. And so, yeah. you know, it was all frescoes just, and church walls before that, right? Correct. Yeah. And so humans continue to make the same mistake. This isn't art. This is art, yeah. and then that becomes the art. That's right. Yeah. So I, I kind of, uh, I kind of, honestly, I'm surprised. Like I thought we'd seen that play out so many times that uh, more people would would kind of uh, be looking for that same thing to happen again, and. It seems like uh, NFTs are just like the latest incantation of that. Uh, Humans are yeah. incredibly good at seeing the world through their selfish frame or mm-hmm. the frame of their own insecurity, Yeah, not from the lens of history. Most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, and NFTs are just, it's just, it's, it's a neutral technological platform on its own. I, I, um, it's, a, it's a sister system of record keeping. Um, there is a, a particular culture that's associated with it right now, but uh yeah, to, to say in any way that um, real art can't be uh, published as, a, as an NFT, sold as an NFT, you know, designed as, as an NFT in mind, uh, uh, seems pretty preposterous from where I'm sitting at. 
me as well, my friend. And when people listen to this podcast in 39 years, they'll be like, wow, they knew. <laughs> so to that point, let's get into it. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, what I'm really excited about is you're really one of those icons in my mind. So I think a lot of people are about to be inspired to start. Uh, others I are going to so. be inspired to consider. Um, and most, and others will be inspired to collect your work or people like yourself. So let's start with this. How the hell did you get to the place, in your opinion, using yeah. using candor, not just don't be overly humble. Why sure. are you, how did you get to a point where you're sitting on my podcast yeah. <laughs> community and I feel compelled to say these things about you, not because I'm being yeah. overly nice, because I want to be historically correct. Right, you know, right, right. how did we get here? Uh, you know, I, I asked myself that um, a fair <laughs> amount, but uh, I, I think, you know, I think the most important uh, aspect by far is, is just the artwork itself. So, you know, most of my time has been spent um, working on my artwork, um, uh, refining that, learning about uh, other artists, um, trying trying to spend as much time as possible uh, developing my work and, and, and making it as good as possible. And, you know, um, I did that for you know, a uh, decade, decade and a half before NFTs were even something that I was looking at. So, um, it, and that I'll artwork, say that, Tyler, that artwork yeah. was physical or that artwork was a hundred percent digital. Yeah. So I started out in, in the physical realm. So I started out with traditional drawing and painting and kind of, uh, paid my dues, so to speak, learning all the kind of, uh, traditional backgrounds and, uh, graphic design and, um, uh, yeah, about, uh, 20, 2014 is whenever I first, uh, started working digitally, and that's when I started working with with generative art, with algorithmic art. So this is, uh, you know, what I what I do today, which is I write uh, programs that generate artwork. And um, so about about 2014, I started experimenting with that, and I got super hooked on it. I, I, I felt like it was much more interesting and much more uh, relevant to our to our time uh, and and to me personally. And so that's really what oh, I focused on since 2014. Uh, I was. 25, I think, uh, approximately. What, what year was I born? 1987. So wait, uh, you're going to make me do math live on air. Uh, yeah, uh, something close to that. I'll save you time. 27. 27. Okay, there you go. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so spoken like a true artist, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, talk to, like, take me further back. You're born yeah. where... And what sure. kind of kid were you? Are we drawing at five years old and into it? Give me that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I grew I grew up in uh, Central Texas, so close close to Austin, basically suburbs around Austin. I've I pretty much lived here my entire life, and um, yeah, growing up, I always liked making artwork. I was not uh, some some kind of prodigy kid, right? So I was good, but uh, I was not uh, Picasso making you know incredible paintings at the age of seven. <laughs> um, but I was fortunate that uh, my my parents you know uh, got me into uh, painting lessons after school where I was working with, you know, um, and e are, either and, your, are either of your parents into art? Not really. My, my dad's a doctor and my mom, um, well, she, she, um, uh, she, you know, she raised us, my, my siblings and I, yeah. and, uh, she, she did, uh, uh, do some, some really amazing quilting, which I think has had a, has a stylistic influence on me, but, uh, no, not, not particularly creative. And they definitely didn't know about like the art world. And, uh, right. so I had, I had a pretty, average kind of um education along those lines but uh yeah i started you know getting books of like van gogh paintings and things like that and uh, it just really really uh, resonated with me and say again siblings 
uh, yeah, I have older brother who, who was kind of a self-taught hacker and that's kind of how I got into programming. And, um, uh, my, my younger sister is, uh, uh studied engineering, um, and has had kind of an interesting life, but, uh, not, re not really artistic either. So, um, just me. Keep going. So yeah, you start, so, you start, you know, you're into painting after school. Yeah. Yeah. I started doing things like, uh, copying, uh, uh, Van Gogh paintings, trying to like recreate them. Um, actually did some, some pretty good versions of that. Those, those taught me quite a bit. Um, yeah, did, did a lot of this kind of, um, semi-formal, uh, painting training. And, uh, when it, when it came time for, uh, college, I, I wanted to go to art school, but, uh, my dad was uh, a little more pragmatic. He wasn't a super huge fan of that for kind of obvious reasons. And he, he encouraged me to go for computer science instead, which I had been doing computer science at high school and, and my brother was kind of doing that. So yeah. it made sense to me to do that as, as a career. And it was interesting. Um, so that's, that's what I studied was uh, computer science at the university of Texas at Austin. And um, yeah, start, started working as like a, a programmer right out of school. Uh, but uh, art was uh, what I was always working on in, in my spare time. And it's always what I was thinking about long-term and what I felt uh, kind of had the most interesting uh, challenges long-term for me. Um, something I wouldn't get, bored with and uh something that uh felt felt a little bit more personal and meaningful and uh so that's that's really why i've been pursuing art i think i love that so this is so cliche and obvious how we got here now based on that yeah so when when do the gears really get going you started talking about i want to go back yeah. to it yeah so it makes sense you're programming mm -hmm. right you're falling in love with art literally yeah. that like when i first heard about generative star stuff, um, you know, 12, 14, 15 months ago, I was like, literally the person that I thought was gonna most win in that was yeah. literally the story that you just told of your life. Yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. That's gonna be for the kids that are nerds with tech, they can do it, Yeah, they can code, but mm -hmm. they have an artistic streak Oh, yeah. like I always love when a technology comes along that's made for a certain person when that didn't exist before. Look at your life. You were Jekyll yeah. and Hyde, that, you know, you know, yep. Bat Bruce Wayne, Batman. You had to live like these different lives because yeah. they didn't come together. All of right. a sudden, the blockchain is at the right time at the right moment. Generative yeah. art movement happens and yeah. you're fucking now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I felt like um, I was just teed up perfectly for everything that happened with NFTs in, in, in 2021, especially, you know, Artblocks um, platform for, uh, for for creating generative artwork on the blockchain, right? So the, the basic idea is you, you write the generative script itself uh, to the blockchain, and then you generate NFTs uh, from that script directly, and you can sort of prove that uh, the work that's coming uh, in, into the hands of the collector is, is direct output from that script. And so it's a really uh, powerful way uh, to, to create generative artwork. And um, it, it creates a really uh, interesting artistic challenge as well. Like this is uh, somewhat different from the type of generative work that I and, and other generative artists were making prior to NFTs. So it's actually really enabled uh, a new type of artwork. And I think the artists that have done well were ones that... Um, uh, maybe we're, we're open-minded and had, uh, that, that kind of, that kind of work ready to go, um, as soon as, uh, you know, the, uh, these technologies around the blockchain started to develop. Um, and, and then it just, as you saw, it, it, it took off like crazy in 2021. It was just like, uh, you know, the curve went straight up, uh, at a certain point. And, uh, 
I, yeah, I feel I feel really fortunate that uh, I already kind of had my shit together at that point. Um, How do you and, think I could, and I could just hop on. Being empathetic to the crowd, and, and you're saying some things that I can follow along because I've been deep in this the last year and a half, but yeah. you know, knowing that most haven't. Talk us through, we missed a part, I'm going to go to it now okay. to help people connect on where you just went. So now you're doing physical, you're Jekyll and hiding it, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And then you said 14 is when you started going digital. Right. Why, how, and exactly yeah. what were you making? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, 2014, uh, I've just been making traditional work. I've been doing a lot of, um, you know, a lot of studies, a lot of like figure drawing, um, kind of, kind of getting all the basics, uh, really solid. And I felt like my art was uh, good, but it was very generic. Like it was very generically good. It wasn't really unique to me. And, uh, so, some of the advice that I heard for artists that, 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 uh, resonated with me was, that you really have to make it personal. You have to make the kind of work that only you could make. You have to involve, you know, whatever special elements of your life you can you can bring to the table. Those are going to make your artwork more personal. And I, I highly recommend this advice for for every artist. Uh, but for me, that was programming. Like that was such a big part of my life, and and it influenced the way that I I really thought about things. So I knew I had to involve programming in the artwork. Um, it wasn't exactly obvious how to do that. I had quite a few failed attempts of like mixing math into hand drawn things. Uh, but eventually I, I had the idea of, you know, uh, can I just write a program that, that generates a painting? And um, I, I kind of took the tools, software tools that I had, uh, cobbled something together. And uh, What and, were the software it, tools you had? Uh, this was uh, Matplotlib, which is like a scientific uh, charting uh, library. You normally use it to draw like graphs, but uh, you, you can you can kind of uh, finagle it into, into making artwork. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of a hacky approach. Uh, I didn't know that there were uh, better tools for it at the time. Uh, well, what, were the, what were the better tools for it at the, the time? Tool, yeah, so processing. This is something that Casey Reese um, uh, and Ben Fry put together, and and um, it's really uh, enabled, enabled a, a, a whole generation of uh, of generative artists to work. Um, so generative uh, artists adore those guys. Oh, absolutely. They're they're legendary. Um, Casey's been so meaningful and so influential for the space. Um, probably the most important generative artist uh, to date, I would say, is Casey Reese. Um, and uh, and Ben Fry's still maintaining processing. So he, you know, uh, huge uh, props to, to to them for doing that. Um, and that that's a big that's a big reason why generative art is also having this moment. Um, you know, the, the, uh, these people uh, put so much time and love into into creating these tools that enabled a whole uh, generation of of artists, you know, especially programmers, uh, to, to, to be artists and to express themselves. And, um, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think it just, it, it really resonates with people right now because, uh, programming is so central to our lives right now. Like, even if you're not a, a, a programmer, you probably spend at least eight hours a day in front of a screen interacting with software, right? These are things that, uh, uh programmers have, have constructed and so kind of the the those basic tools of code are, are, are what our whole environment is, is is being built with today so i think it's really really important that artwork is also built with those same things um and i think that'll just help to you know uh, kind of humanize our digital environments help us to to have a a, a better and more enjoyable uh relationship with software if it's not just all like written by you know amazon and and, and facebook right like i want artists to to be able to fully utilize those same tools. And I think that's what's uh, really important uh, about generative artwork and other art forms that, that work directly with, with programming and code. You think the historical artwork felt that coding is too nerdy and too mm -hmm. ones and zeros and too oh, tech yeah. 
tech bro and fuck this and big time, big time. Yeah. So Denver of Art started in the in the nineteen sixties, and man, it got uh, they went through some hard time, like uh, really bad critical rap. People were shitting on it left and right. I I think uh, the reaction there was that they they felt like some element of humanity was lost by sure. creating robots. Art through computers. Robots yeah. are making yeah. the art the end of the world. Fuck right. this art. Oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, and it's, it's it's easy to see like maybe why they they felt that, but it, at this point, that feels like a really naive. Um, oh, I would uh, argue, assumption, I, right? I would argue that ninety five percent of the people listening to this podcast right now, who are incredibly curious and open minded and entrepreneurial, because the same way. To my podcast, which is like yeah. I just know that community, even for them, I think that they can easily feel the chemicals in their body of mm -hmm. why. Well, that's kind of weird. Like weird. Like right. you know, write code, hit enter, and then there's art. Like that right. feels. And I'm empathetic to that. I just sure. don't agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's. I think. Um. I think it takes a mental uh, shift a little bit, right? Like computers are the most powerful and important tools we've ever come up with. Um. And and they totally revolutionize everything, and and they enable uh, just so much more that we haven't been able to do before. And, and, and that same thing applies to artwork. Like it would be just such a waste if we didn't create the best artwork we could by, by fully utilizing computers as well. They're just a tool in the, in the hands of the right artists, um, they can make incredibly beautiful things. And I think, um, right, it's really no different than paint versus a pencil. Like right. why is a painting better than a sketch or right. vice versa? It's not, it's not, yeah, it's not, it's not. I mean, um, this has been my biggest problem with the art conversation. Mm -hmm. The hypocrisy is disgusting. Like yeah. you will literally watch someone talk about art, eye of the beholder. They'll talk about why they love something. And then somebody brings something completely different. Like that's shit. That's not art. I'm like, what the fuck? Right. Yeah. Don't you understand that your thing was shit on too? There's yeah. not anything in the world that is art today that wasn't originally shit on by the prior art thing. Absolutely. Every single artistic movement, every new artistic technology, like uh, cameras, right? When cameras came out, uh, People didn't think you could make real art uh, with, with cameras. It took like decades for, for that to be accepted. And uh, now we don't even think twice about that being a possibility, right? So um, yeah, I think I think people will feel exactly that the same way about uh, generative art in uh, you know, 10 years. You're, you're still a young guy, very, very young. And I'm listening to you talk and my observation is the following. I started with this and now it's you're actually in those shoes. Do you have a, and this is where I'm gonna need you to, you know, like answer it actually and don't be too yeah. humble. Do okay. you actually, you know you've got some momentum. Obviously you're like, hey, I got a lot more work to do. I respect all that. Sure. But even where you're at in the space now and you, and I can tell you know the timing of it, mm -hmm. do you think like, oh weird, I'm gonna be 80 and 20 year old kids are gonna be like, tell me what it was like in the old, like, like yeah. do you have a sense that you're going down that path? Yeah, uh, yeah. No yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean, I think I think what, here's probably what's going to play out is like the kids that uh, that are growing up seeing all this stuff uh, uh, being made, right? That even just the people that are teenagers right now watching this going on, they're going to absolutely uh, dunk on my work in like oh, in no time, right? Like I'm going to be the old old yeah, fashioned dude before no time. That's right. From a technology advancement standpoint, they're mm -hmm. going to dunk on it. But let me give you an actual dunk on it. Okay. LeBron James, <laughs> LeBron James would dominate. Oscar Robinson in basketball. Yeah, yeah. Because of the evolution of the human. Right. And the game. But I promise you, when LeBron James, through the last 20 years, crossed paths with the big O, yeah. he kissed the ring of the legendary status of Absolutely. it. And that's what's so 
cool about the game. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, that's right. The six-year-old today that will listen to this in seven years yeah. and will crush you <laughs> yeah. in 15 years from like a technical and da-da-da, right. she will still always say that you – like that's what's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's how I feel about um, all the predecessors, right? So like people like uh, Casey Reese and, and and all the traditional painters that um, have have massively, massively influenced me. Why don't right? we? Like you I, know, I've been hot on this. I'm sorry to interrupt. I've been hot on this. Yeah. I like to give out roses more often. You've okay. already done a little bit of it. Just rattle off some names that you think deserve some googling from the people listening right now. And and do they have NFTs for people to go discover? And who do you think's underrated as a pioneer that has NFTs that people because people love mm. a good little alpha that might be nice for the community. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, the, the alpha one person that just uh, came to mind is uh, this artist Holger Lippmann, who's uh, he's he's a German artist and he was making generative work uh, before I was. He was one of the people that I saw um, uh, that, that really inspired me. I think he has uh, a great sense for for color and 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 for form and rhythm. And uh, so he was making really beautiful generative artwork that, that I saw when I was first getting started. And he and just put out. How is that spelled? Uh, Holger Lippmann, uh, H-O-L-G-E-R. And then Lippmann is, I think, uh, L-I-P-P-M-A-N-N. And uh, he just put out 100 NFTs with uh, Bright Moments in uh, their Berlin show that's going on right now. Um, yeah. I think he deserves a lot more uh, recognition. Um, other, uh, other contemporary artists uh, that are doing fantastic work. Um, let's see off the top of my head. Uh, let's see. Uh, Sophia Crespo is doing really amazing, uh, can work, um, that, uh, I think is just uh, super high quality. Um, who there's a bunch of, uh, there's a bunch of generative artists that, uh, I think are already, uh, uh, uh you know, uh, making amazing work, uh, Dimitri Cherniak and, uh, Matt Delorier and, uh, uh, Golid and, uh, I'm gonna, Forget names, Ben Kovac. Uh, these are all people from the generative art scene that I've been watching work for, you know, five years or more at this point, and they've been consistently making amazing work. And so I think uh, that that kind of uh, you, you want that type of track record. You want to see that the artist has been serious for for a long time. I think that's a, a really helpful in indicator. Space, mm -hmm. You know, I've really that's how you don't up. get rugged, right? Yeah, that's right. Like I, as you could tell by my background, love collecting things. So I'm a little more tchotchkes, collectibles, comic books, sports cards. So as you can imagine, the PFP thing really works for me, right? Yeah. And so for me, while everyone's chasing the 2021, 2022 projects, I want to buy plasma bears. Like I want to buy, yeah. you know, Mooncat. I want to buy like, you know, yeah. crypto strikers. Like I like the crypto skulls. Like anything pre 2021, mm -hmm. you know. It's Maybe 2020 was like an in-between year. But like for me, if I find 2019, 18, 17 Ethereum projects, I get excited. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's not a there's not a ton of uh, super early uh, generative work. I mean, uh, autoglyphs are, are kind of the, the classic example, but those things are already crazy expensive. Um, you know, if you want to go OG, uh, the original, some of the earliest generative art from late 1960s, early 1970s is still massively, massively underpriced in my mind. Um you can get how do you, amazing how do you, work for ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars. Um, this is what, legendary. Tell me about that. Is that a is that an NFT or is that just digital art? 
that's just uh, in in most cases, this is work that um, was designed digitally, but then plotted onto paper. So they didn't even have uh, normal printers at that point in time. And, and these artists were working with plotters, which were kind of like a simple 2D robot. You stick a pen in it and you give it instructions for something to draw. This is how a lot of generative artists started back in the day. You can get these plotter drawings still uh, for uh, very reasonable prices. And um, all those artists had a huge uh, influence on myself and, and many of the other uh, generative artists that are working today. And Tyler, those are those are framed, f- framed like on paper yeah. art. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and, and where does one find that? eBay or is that more stuff? <laughs> yeah, it's more. It's harder. There, you you kind of have to like uh, talk to the galleries and 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 uh, those types of places. So I wish that it was as simple as NFTs. That's 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 part of I think why NFTs uh, have such a, a a big price difference with some of this traditional work is. It just it's such a better marketplace like you can see everything that's out there you can tell exactly what everybody else is paying and you know how much they bought it for who owns what and so it's just so much more transparent and i think it just makes for a much healthier marketplace versus the traditional art world where, where things are kind of uh locked up and hidden away and sometimes uh they only sell to specific people you, they won't just sell to any dude who walks in the door with a you know a bag of money right so um yeah i think i think uh uh, I wish the traditional art world was as easy to collect as, as NFTs. Um, not yet, though. Not yet. I think they'll. I think they'll figure it out over time, though. Right, because what you're alluding to is what I'm most excited about in this whole space, which is the NFTization of yes. physical items that sit in temperature-controlled, fireproof warehouses. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. now I'm creating an NFT that represents the physical. Yeah. And if I want the physical in my apartment, I burn the NFT and get it. Otherwise, it just keeps trading. Correct. Yeah, I mean, uh, debatable about the burn the NFT part. I think I think we'll see multiple different arrangements of how the NFT and the physical are are related, right? Like whether they're kind of like legally bound to be together, whether they're allowed to 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 kind of be separate, whether they're, you have to pick one or the other, right? Like there's uh, the Damien Hurst uh, project that's really interesting called uh, Currency. Yeah, so which was awesome. doesn't know and that was that was on launch where you made the decision. Whereas what no. I'm talking, oh, I'm sorry, it's actually, yeah. So so. Uh, Damien Hurst, uh, the richest artist in the world uh, right now, uh, last year came out with Currency, right? He made whatever it is, 3,000 of his mm-hmm. uh, dot dot paintings. They're like this mm-hmm. big. And uh, uh, so he sold all the NFTs. And uh, I think this summer, uh, in like a one-year anniversary, uh, everybody that holds the NFT yeah. has to pick, do I want the NFT or do I want the painting, right? Yeah. And it's really, really fascinating to see what happens because you're, you're literally have the option to have a painting from like uh, the most successful living artist. And uh, I think, I think most people are going to pick the NFT over the painting. That's my guess. Yeah. And that'll be a really groundbreaking moment to, to really demonstrate um, I think the seriousness of this, this new market. Um, so yeah, fascinating project by, by Damien Hurst. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's one of the more interesting things going on in this space. Um, to me, it's the reverse because he launched it that way. Everybody yeah. knew from day one you were going right. to have a one year to make a decision, burn or keep, right? right? To me, what I'm talking about is my Michael Jordan rookie card. When yeah. when I when I sh- whatever company or oh. companies, you see where I'm going? Yeah. A little bit post game, my Michael Jordan rookie card. Or for example, I'm like googling as you're talking. Like I definitely want to yeah. buy some original '60s generative art. I'm gonna have <laughs> yeah. now because it's just cool. When I have that, if one day in 15 years I want to send that into a company that creates an NFT that represents mm. that exact thing, yeah, yeah, 
then then I hold the NFT, then I could actually trade it. Like if my friend Mike buys it, he might buy it because he thinks I undersold it. Yeah. But he doesn't have to take the physical. He may continue to want to trade on it. Yeah. 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 Back, yeah, to, your on, back to your thing on, I wish it was as easy to collect. Well, right. it can be if a com- if companies, and I believe the future eBay will be this, or if yeah. eBay has this, I believe much like data centers for Amazon cloud services and all, you know what's happened in your lifetime. Yeah. Cause you know a little bit about enough about tech to know what I'm saying. I actually think we're in the precipice of having ungodly amounts of warehouses built around the world, yeah. fireproof and temperature controlled to take on physical items, to issue NFTs that yeah. represent that physical item. They're traded the yeah. sixth or gal that gets the vase actually wants it in their home. Thus, yeah. they quote unquote call the NFT. They have to burn it so it goes off the blockchain oh. to represent it. where I'm going. Yeah, and yeah. now takes the vase and has it. And if she seven years later wants to put it back up, she resends it. A new NFT is rep- and so they're tied yeah. together. See what like a yeah, merc. Yeah. yeah, I, I think. Yeah. No, I think you're. I think you're right. I think. Um, uh, I think something along those lines could 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 really really happen and and one interesting um element that will probably support this is uh you know what's awfully nice about nfts is it it makes it so much easier to show your collection off to other people right so normally like you know i've got like uh painting on my wall right the only people that get to see this are people that physically come to my home uh when you have this uh digital work when you have something that's uh especially in an nft there's so much uh tooling and platforms to share that work with other people like um people are 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 enjoying other people's uh collections so much more than before with nfts because it's so much easier to show off your collection so i think a lot of physical work will be nftized uh and uh and shown in like you know virtual galleries uh just because it's so much easier to 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 uh, for other people to enjoy that and um uh, you know, a few a few people here and there will be able to see the physical work, but really, uh, you know, 99% of people are going to be seeing the work on the internet or virtual reality or whatever. So it, it makes more sense to have the work well documented and well, um, you know, uh, shown in that space uh, to me. So talk about the explosion of Fidenza. A, okay. how the name come up. B, yeah. <laughs> your entire NFT trajectory. Like okay. I. I love these stories. I have a lot of collectors and I think people will enjoy like, oh, you put it out and it was a dollar and now it's what? Yeah. Like, like oh, give me that. Okay, okay. Uh, I'll try to stick to the facts here. Okay, so early 2021, I done nothing with, with NFTs and uh, everybody I know starts DMing me saying, you gotta get into NFTs. Like this is this is the jam. Uh, this will and this is now work. January, February, March, January, February, March. Yeah, exactly, March. like January, February, yeah. Uh, and so, uh, end of February, I see, I apologize uh, real quick. I apologize. Cause yeah. this is important context. The digital generative art you were making up to mm-hmm. that point. I was selling that as like unique prints, uh, rather than NFTs. Yeah. Unique prints. Mm-hmm. So and it would do the thing and it would, you would print it out and sell yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And for everyone's context, how much would those be? Uh, you know, those were selling between, uh, at, at that time, like 500 and, uh, maybe $2,500, something like a that. Piece. Yeah. A piece. And you uh, would which, make those one of ones or. Yeah. I was doing unique prints. Um, yep. so with, with generative art, you know, I can generate multiple that was, images. That from was the same. Pretty, that's pretty successful. Yeah. For, for an artist, I was able to support myself uh, full time at that point. Not, not a luxurious uh, lifestyle or whatever, but, uh, I was able to eke it out at that point and, and it, it had taken me years and years 
of work and building up my my collector base in order to be able to do how much, that. How much were your original pieces on print going for? Twenty-five. Uh, uh, you mean like, like when I, when I first started the first prints I yeah, ever yeah. sold? Yeah, I yeah. think they were like uh like fifty or a hundred bucks, something like that. So. And where are those? And who's got those? And can you send I, them my? Yeah, I have records of it. Um, honestly, I probably need to like email some of those people and tell them to like be careful yeah, with we'll their prints. We'll yeah, we'll talk offline about yeah, that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, okay, okay. 2021. Uh, yeah. I've been selling these prints, right? Uh, people are telling me, got to get into NFTs. I see um, uh, one of my favorite artists, Chetel Gola, do uh, this this project called Archetype on Artblocks. And I see that Dmitry Cherniak has also done Ringers on Artblocks. And these are amazing projects. And it, it just, I can just, tell right away i need to do this this is this is like perfect it's, for my work right you yeah. see two other people that you would say you aspire to be like you feel yeah. like you're like their kinship they're your yes. people they exactly. did it i mean ringers is such a beautiful project it you is. love it and you're like let's go absolutely yeah so like uh that evening i sent in an email to eric and jeff at, at, at artblocks and uh and had you known Snowfro already? No, I had not known Snowfro. Um, apparently, he had he had been following my work, but I didn't know who he was. And uh, this was the first I'd heard of Artblocks. And so I sent this email, and uh, I was like, "Hey, I have this project. Uh, you know, it looks it looks kind of like this. I, I you know, uh, can I get in the queue to to be an Artblocks project? Uh, I'm still going to work on it some, but here's what I've got right now." And uh, he emailed me back, and he was like, "You can't believe you know how excited I was to to read your email. Like, let's do this." Um, so I still had to wait in line. It was like three months uh, until uh, uh, Fidenza would launch, but I was I was working every day, um, just uh, really improving it, polishing it, uh, doing everything that I could for it. And uh, so uh, Fidenza initially sold, so it's 999 iterations, 999 uh, unique NFTs from the same algorithm. So they're related, but each one is different. And uh, the initial sales price was like point one seven ETH, I think. Um, so it, it was like something like $400, maybe 450. I can't remember. Um, and, uh, so this, this was like, um, going to be by far like the biggest project I had ever done just, just with those numbers. Um, and that was really gonna, you know, in my mind, help me, uh, get set up as a, as an artist working full time, have a little more financial security. Um, so everything sold out in like, uh, 20 minutes, something like that. Um, and, uh, and then people started getting, uh, I think really excited about the work. They started to dig in. And one of the cool things about Fidenza is just, it has a lot of variety and a lot of really interesting, uh, corners and outliers to the algorithm. So as people started to look more and more at the output, I think they really started to, to, to understand, uh, how generative art could work this way and, and, and really get a feel for the algorithm. And so the price just, uh, it just started going up and up and then it, you know, it was like, at some points it was like doubling every week. Um, and I mean, the, uh, numbers, the numbers got absolutely crazy. They got crazy. There, there was one point where, um, the, you know, the floor was like, uh, I don't know, like almost like 200 ETH. And, uh, I remember like calculating the valuation and it was like all of Fidenza, the valuation, the floor valuation was like a billion dollars for the whole algorithm. And, uh, I was like, okay, I, I know this is sense? like, that you know seven eight months ago was that making you uncomfortable when they were you know, I, I remember three thirteen for a thousand ethereum right. right that's right yeah number three one three sold for a thousand eth to uh, uh punk six five two nine hope i got those numbers in the right order um yep. 
and uh yeah i mean it, it it was a it was a total trip like i felt like i was a, like you know alice in wonderland kind of experience every day uh things were happening they were just uh, blowing my mind and of course it felt great but it's also you know any sort of change is uncomfortable right even if it's like positive change and so uh, i could feel that things were like uh totally shifting under my feet did you feel, and, did you uh, feel pressure do you like yeah. is there a part of you that likes that we're in the 40 to 60 range right now on yeah. Fidenza. Do you feel like a hair more comfortable? Yeah, it, it, it feels more sane. It feels like it has more basis in, in reality, like in relation to everything else. There's less mania going on right now. You know, there was definitely a moment of, good. yeah, yeah. I think it's a healthier, I, I want that like, uh, you know, plateau, plateau of productivity in the hype cycle, whatever. I think that's what it's called. Uh, that's where I want to be. I, I want people to be making rational healthy decisions about what to collect not just uh fomoing into projects you know yes. um yes. there were people uh, buying there were people buying your project that mm. knew nothing about it i right. was getting pinged by people they're like should i buy a fidenza i'm like and literally every yeah. time the first thing i would reply is what do you know about it right right yeah 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 and that's a that's great advice like uh, don't just don't just like throw your money at a random project like uh you know, when I collect, I collect, uh, I collect artists who I know have been creating high, high quality work and are like committed to developing themselves as artists. Um, and, do you, uh, feel, Tyler, do you feel pressure to justify how expensive this shit is? Like, are you like, fuck, this is awesome. <laughs> comma shit to like, yeah. like, you know, just getting a sense of you. Right. First, we're going deeper and chopping it up. Like, is there a part of you that's like, okay. Um, <laughs> I, you know, this is amazing. This is, right. I can't believe I can tell my parents somebody spent $3 million on a piece of my art. Right. Like my brother and sister, like what the fuck? Like all <laughs> right. my friends, family, I'm sure there's all these like fun stuff, but there right. has to be those nights. I mean, I feel it with B friends. Yeah. I'm out here spewing that I'm going to build Walt, be, be Walt Disney. And I'm like, right. you know, I really believe it. Right. I fully expect to do it. I'm going to spend the rest of my life doing it. Right. But occasionally, in the shower, brushing my teeth. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Like this is like a real like. It's not even the yeah. Walt Disney. I'm gonna build Disney. I actually fully believe that. It's right. the day in and day out that like ping, you know my the V friends bought ping somebody and it says somebody just spent one hundred eighty thousand dollars on this puffin. Right. And I'm, I drew right. and I'm like, man, I I really have you know yeah. my brain goes immediately to I'm gonna fucking kill it for that puffin. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you yeah. feel? That? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel the pressure from like uh, the perspective of I want to, I want to live up to, uh, I guess, the, the expectations in a certain yeah, yeah. way, right? Like I want, I want to make the best artwork that I can at this point. It's really uh, helped me to to raise the bar for the type of work that uh, I'll, I'll I'll produce now. You know, I take take it very seriously. Uh, but uh, on the other uh, hand, I I know that I have to divorce myself from the market and that the market doesn't. Uh, doesn't reflect like the quality of the work, right? Like uh, Fidenza sold it at, at one value at one time, they sold for a different value at a different time, and now they sell it at another value, and it's the exact same work. Um, so clearly there's like some disconnect between the market and the quality of, of, of work, right? And I think as, well, as the, the artist, like to, yeah. to let yourself sleep at night, just like uh, you, you gotta be more hands-off from that that's, stuff. That's, just, that's what right? I tell every founder of every PFP project. I'm like, if you listen to your Discord, and you care about the floor price, you're yeah. dead on arrival. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Like that's not, that's not where your head should be at as, as the artist. Like that's that's not how you create good work. That's not how you do your best work. That's not how you do the best, um, 
make the best choices for your collectors either. You know, I think you, you, you have to uh, think long term and, uh, and 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 really make uh, ethical and intelligent decisions about what you're doing. You're here to that. Are you working on more stuff now? Oh God, am I working on more stuff? Yeah, the most stuff I've ever worked on at once. Um, lots and, of cool and, projects. And will these projects have different names? Like like yeah. you, you know, people refer to you as Fidenza now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you, are, you, are you going to keep that as your kind of monarchy or you? No, or no. That's just one project. And uh, yeah, you asked me to explain the name and I, I, I accidentally glossed over that. Uh, I was trying to pick a name for the, for the work. And uh, sometimes I like to pick things that don't have a real strong inherent meaning. And so sometimes I use town names, oftentimes small Texas town names. I was looking around for one in Texas that, that fit and nothing quite did. So I went in Google Maps over to Italy and I was kind of panning around and uh, this little town... Uh, 25,000 people uh, called Fidenza just stood out to me as a cool name. I was like, wow, okay, I'm going to call this project Fidenza. So that's what that one was. Uh, but uh, every work, every algorithm gets, uh, gets a new name. And uh, before, before I die, I'm making this promise to myself. Before yeah. I die, hopefully in 55 years, yeah. I, I am going to buy a Fidenza while I'm in Fidenza. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, the the mayor of Fidenza, <laughs> the, the mayor of Fidenza DM'd me on Twitter, so I can uh, I can help you set that up. Yeah, can you look you, that up? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Where is it? What's the? It's closest? like it's like northern Italy. It's like three hours north of Rome. It's it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's like there's literally so not literally that much going Google, on. There. So what? You literally are Google mapping. Yeah. You're looking at names. You like Just the like name. You zoom in. You make sure that you kind of get a little like vibe. A little from feel for the, it. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah cool. yeah yeah i mean it's it's not like a special town you know it's just some town uh, you know but... art, art really excites me i i've re this has been such a profound moment in my life you know i had so much more of it in me than i ever showed the world right but if you really peeled the onion it was there uh, i'll give you an example i don't know what about you doing google map fidenza work made me just yeah. think about i literally was talking to somebody just now earlier this morning and realized I love optimism more than anything. Yeah. Which led me to say, wait a minute, I have not done enough character development around the optimistic otter in V Friends. Okay. Yeah. And like literally like have been for like the last two hours while I'm doing this podcast and thinking about my meetings and thinking about what I yeah. have to do. There's like 3% of my brain that is working right now that I can feel that is ideating on how I have to make the optimistic otter a more important character in V Friends from a creative artistic lens. Yeah. Yeah. What is what is the otter gonna do? Who's yeah. the otter's friends gonna be? Am I gonna make it a cartoon? Do I make that a video game? Like I yeah. love creativity. By the way, do, yeah, by the way, how does it feel for you to, to, to be an artist now? Do you think of yourself as an artist? You know, I used to always think of entrepreneurship as art. Definitely. Like I, I really think being an entrepreneur is incredibly artistic. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a purebred entrepreneur, you adore artists because you know your 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 creativity, your lack of fear, if you're pure. Yeah. Like the problem with entrepreneurship is there's money. Right. What's also about art is like starving artists is romantic and respected. Right. The right. tough part of being an artistic entrepreneur is the money part clouds it and it can look dark. Yeah. But it's such a pure game of art. Yeah, yeah. The motivation for the person running it, if they're doing it well, they almost certainly don't just care about the money, right? Like I, I think I would have even to, you have to you, care, or they barely care about the money, right? Like that's just I'm like in a, a weird place where it's 
it's outside collateral noise to the process. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm aware of it. I'm grateful for it. It's not like I'm not demonizing it. Like I love it for people. For right. me, it's all about freedom, which yeah. I don't think is just predicated about money. Right. Um, but of course, money is one of the pillars of freedom, depending on how one looks at the world. I just like being artistic. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it seems like you're, you're thinking deeply about uh, at least the motivations for what you're doing, right? Like Optimistic Otter, right? Like, uh, I, I love oh, that. My, uh, we need my, more optimism. My, um, my why, when I like really, I've been saying it, but only a few people are paying attention, aka a million. That's yeah. a lot less than 8 billion. When right. the world realizes what I'm actually fucking doing with yeah. this project, I'm very excited about the positivity and practicality that I'm going to bring into the world because of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's super important. I think that's super important. Um, I've got to run to something ironically in Friends land. I'm yeah, starting to cut this short. have to do a part two, but okay. you're fantastic. I'm cheering for you heavy. And uh, if I could ever be a help, please let Thank me you know. Thank you so much, Gary. Yeah. Likewise. Likewise. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks brother. Take care. You too.